Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, my friends. You caught me just as I was immersed in a good book here. At least this is the last thing I remember doing. Perhaps I just appeared and started doing it as you arrived. That may be how this works. Let me just finish this page. There. Nothing like a good story, eh? Why don't you pick a book from one of these shelves? I'm not sure why we find ourselves here tonight, but I think it will become evident. Look around. It's a wonderful old library, full of dust and cobwebs and mahogany and a warm fireplace and soft couches and no windows and lots of candles and lots of old books. There's a romantic quality to this place. I can't quite put my metaphorical finger on it. It's like there is a young couple about, behind every corner, watching us, but either too shy to show themselves, or perhaps having found each other a long, long time ago, they have let go of the need for form, and their spirits have just become one with this place. It's a familiar library, isn't it? If it isn't familiar to you, don't worry about that either. Just know it's a place where two people found each other once, even if they missed each other by several lifetimes. And then, upon finding each other, they never left each other. It sounds harder than it is. There are two floors to this library. There are ladders so that you can reach books up high on either of the floor's bookshelves. What section do you go to first? In a library or a bookshop? Go wherever you like here. Climb the ladder, crouch down low, or pick the one right before your eyes. It doesn't matter. Which book calls to you? What color is its cover? Does it have a title? An author? Or are the letters blurry and jumbled? as if you're seeing it in a dream, which perhaps you are, I don't know. It has something to ask you. Open it. What does she yearn for? There it is. Our question, coming from a spirit from within a book. How lovely. But my question is, who is the she? The voice mentions, 
Is she me? Am I she? I think so. Hard to tell when you're a spirit in a haunted castle who has no corporeal form. I didn't know there was a she. I thought there was only I. You, me, the ghost couple lost in this library. The spirit in your book. The spirits in each of these books. We might just all be I. If we can neither see each other or ourselves, how can we differentiate between one another? At any rate, yes, I am she. It's a more complicated question than it sounds, but I won't dwell on that now. Let's say that yes, I am the she in question. What do I yearn for? Ah, it feels so good to yearn. Like scratching an itch that will never go away. Like stretching a muscle that is always sore. Like eating a feast and continuing to be hungry. Oh, it feels so good to yearn. But for what? Hmm. Let's see. I think the answer is here somewhere in this library deep within me. And maybe, perhaps, possibly, within you now, too. Let me look for a book. Which one? Which one? Where are you? Where are you, little one? Ah, there. This one. Let's open it up to the first page. Who lives here? Who has a story to tell us? Once upon a time, a prince hunted a monster in a deep, dark wood. With his silver sword shining and his gilded shield gleaming, he readied himself for battle. The monster had heard tell of the brave prince coming to visit him, and so the monster wore his most handsome suit. He polished his onyx horns, he sharpened his curving talons, he brushed his pointed teeth. Covered in green scales and with a tail that dragged behind him, he walked on two legs and had the face of a man, but for the yellow snake eyes set in it. His pointed ears turned at the sound of the prince approaching. He had been ready to fight back. He had defeated many a warrior in the past. But as he caught sight of the handsome prince roaming through the woods, brandishing his sword, the monster felt the prince's heart beating quick with fear, and it touched him, 
The young prince searched and searched and searched. He needed a trophy, you see, to take home to his father, the king, to prove his worthiness for the throne. But he did not want to kill. Few young princes want to kill. Many young princes kill anyway. This one never had. But he knew he must. So, sword and shield shaking in his trembling hands, he called out and swung madly at shadows and flying birds, afraid every little sound was the beast in the woods. The beast in the woods watched him. The beast in the woods pitied him. The beast in the woods loved him. But he could not show himself. For if he did, he knew one of them must die. He had not the heart to kill the prince he loved, and so he just watched. For years and years he watched the prince tilting his sword at phantoms. He admired him from afar. He protected him from less formidable beasts as he slept. He left berries and nuts and vegetables from his garden for him to eat. He watched him grow into the king that could have been, but would never be. But instead he lived in the woods, frightened of his unknown admirer, his unseen protector. Every now and then he caught a glimpse of the yellow snake eyes or the immense green tail behind a tree or slithering into a cave. And the beast knew that, in his own way, the prince loved him too, since he never chased him or attacked him when the chance actually arose. And so, together, yet apart, the two spent their lives in this wood. Perhaps one day they might meet face to face. Perhaps one day they might defeat their fear and look upon each other. Perhaps one day their longing might drive them to meet. But then again, perhaps they were content simply to long for one another, each in his own way. Very interesting. I wonder what it means. Certainly I didn't finish the whole thing, but I think we get the gist. Let's find another around here somewhere. I'm just moving through the aisles, gliding over each one, seeing which book calls to me, to you, to us, to I. Aha. Uh -huh. Here. Let's see what you have to say. Once upon a time, a witch lived alone in an abandoned fortress. It had once belonged to a line of kings, but with the prince gone, 
adventuring in a dark wood until the end of his days, and no one left to inherit the throne, it had long been forgotten. And so, this resourceful witch claimed it for her own. She had a powerful spell to work, and she'd need the space. She'd need the stone. She'd need the fire of the great hearth. With whispers in the darkness, her own blood shed into the flame and images drawn on the walls with the ash. She spoke ancient words she'd been taught never, ever to use. She did all this because she wanted to prove her power to herself. She had devoted her life to working magic and channeling ancient gods and goddesses, and with no word ever back from any of them, she now turned to what she considered to be dark forces. Demonic spirits who would answer her call more readily, so she had read, than benevolent ones. Better to receive any answer, even a dark and dangerous one, than no answer at all, she thought. She would have proof that she was not alone in this world. So she summoned a demon, a powerful demon she'd long read about. She deceived herself again that it was so that they could do her bidding, work her magic for her. But in her heart of hearts, deep within, among the hard exterior, there was a little bleeding thing, a tender heart that whispered, you will not be alone, you will not be alone, you will not be alone. And so she summoned this demon. He arrived with eyes pale as moonlight and skin as dark a blue as the night sky, speckled with golden flecks like stars, too. He stood tall and proud, his head held high, and his smile charming, hands posed as if glorifying himself. A showman, this demon. The witch was at a loss for words to see his incredible, if not selfish, beauty. And when he spoke in his lovely voice to her, What, what is it you desire, desire of me? And he spoke her name as though it were love. She swooned from hearing it. She was not accustomed to hearing her name spoken as though it were love, you see. And she fainted on the spot. Not all demons, but some, such as this one, can be vain and impatient things. And so he scoffed and disappeared into the flame. Off to some other world he could bless with the sight of his great beauty, too. She awoke to silence, and only the memory of the creature, unsure if it had been a dream. She wept bitterly, and devoted the rest of her life to weaving tapestries of him, singing songs to describe his loveliness, telling stories of his moonlight eyes. Sad, lonesome, longing for him, 
but never, ever without him again. Hmm. Another aching creature. A soul yearning, longing, reaching. Rather than rush to any conclusions, I'd like to see what someone else has to say. Anyone? A volunteer. How sweet. Keep singing, little one. We'll find you soon enough. Almost there. Voila. Found you. What's your story, dear one? Once upon a time, there was a little girl dressed up in the costume of a fairy tale princess. She had packed a little bag, removed her shoes, and opened her favorite storybook open to her favorite part of the story. A forest, golden and sparkling and magical, with a parade of twelve princesses she desperately wanted to join. She turned off the lights in her bedroom, despite being very afraid of the dark, for she knew that magic worked better in the dark. She closed her eyes and whispered a little wish, a little prayer of longing to whoever was listening. And she jumped on the book. She was trying to jump into the book. She thought it would work. She had seen something on the television that made her believe it could happen. Even though it was a cartoon, she believed so strongly that something as impossible as this could happen. She even packed for the trip. She was going to the magical golden forest. She had to. But it didn't work. She jumped again and again, crinkling the pages with her bare feet. When she finally realized it wouldn't work, she wept. She had been playing alone in her room, everyone else busy or elsewhere, and so no one heard her. She wept for the longing for magic she held in her heart. She wept for the longing for companionship as magnificent as the twelve dancing princesses. She wept for the longing for a sight as glorious as the forest of gold, silver, crystal, for a castle hidden on an island in a magical lake. She wept for want of a happy ever after. She wept for want of adventure. She wept for want. The end. A third soul with a deep want. A familiar soul. What do they have in common, I wonder, these three? Probably the same thing that all of these books, all these stories, all these ghostly characters and haunted monsters have in common. The same thing that you and she and he and they and we and us, which is I, all have in common. It is longing, yes. But longing for what? For love? For company? For kindness? For power? For wealth? For life? For eternity? I think not. 
because you see those things can come and go quick as a rainfall on a humid summer evening, if you are seeking them in the first place. If you need to seek them outside of yourself, then you will of course find that they will not slake your thirst. How many times must we learn this lesson? How many times must we try and fail to defy this great truth? If we must yearn for something to begin with, then the thing for which we're yearning will inevitably fail us. But, How beautiful we are in the learning of this lesson. How beautiful we become when we are humbled in our failure. How glorious is one who tries and falls time and again, rising up and up higher and closer to the sun on wings of beeswax and feathers and plywood. And how graceful he appears as he falls into the sea, where he can see wonders more marvelous than even the burning sun. I am not lonely. I just yearn for loneliness. I am not sad. I just yearn for sadness. My soul is not dark. I just yearn for darkness. I am not chaotic. I just yearn for chaos. I want to create stories about these things because I yearn for them and I yearn for them because they are beautiful. We are beautiful when we yearn. We are beautiful when we fail. We are very, very beautiful. I cannot profess to being beyond yearning, though I yearn to be. I yearn to be beyond yearning. And yet, I appreciate it so much. I love it so dearly. Listen. Listen to every book in this library of longing calling out. Making gorgeous music, telling sad and wanting tales. Dancing ghosts casting shadows from the fire before our very eyes. See how they spin. See how they reach for each other and let go, spinning madly away from that which they so desire. Inspiring and admirable and foolish all at once. The more they speak of longing for love, for each other, for whatever it is they're looking for, though I'm almost certain it's always love of some kind, even if it's very misguided. The more these stories of longing are told, the more acute the longing becomes. And eventually it will reach a boiling point where everyone, she, you, he, they, us, that is I, will finally look around and see that all of our tales of longing, yearning, aching, wanting have been in the same library. Where we have had each other. She, you, he, they, us, that is I. This whole time, 
that which we long for, any and all of it, is nestled in a little book. All together, all of us, here, on some shelf or other, in this library of longing, that we can visit any time we like. And now you have it. I yearn for yearning, and yet I yearn not to yearn any more. I will carry the tension of this in my heart, and whenever I feel confused or clouded or lost, I will open it up like a book and admire every plot twist, every character arc, every description knowing full well that what I yearn for, I already have. And that goes for you, too, if you want, of course. Sweet dreams, sweet little books. Read each other as long as you like, and when you are ready, rest well. Hello, my friends, and thanks so much for listening to episode 207 of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is your writer, narrator, host, composer, podcaster, team of one behind the show, Kristen Zaza. I hope you're doing well this week. Not longing too much, or if you are, hopefully doing so in a delicious and life-giving way. I'd like to start off by thanking patron and supporter of the show, Kier Bo, who submitted the question that I answered this week. What does she yearn for? I was really excited to jump in with this one. Kier Bo submitted this question on Instagram. You can find them there at Pink Opal Magic, all one word, which I recommend you do right away. They have awesome tarot and witchcraft content, which of course I dig very much. Thank you again for another great question, my friend. I'd also like to take the time to thank a new monthly patron this week. Big thanks going out to William Brannan. Thank you so much for your support, William. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show on a monthly basis through Patreon, like William Brannan, I'll tell you a bit about some perks you can receive. Every patron of $1 or more US receives access to my ever-growing soundtrack, while every patron of $5 US or more gets that and access to a monthly tarot reading video I upload on Patreon for every full moon. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd prefer to donate one time only and with no perks, you can buy me one or more metaphorical coffees at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy on a dark cold night t-shirts or hoodies at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. If you'd like to submit a question for me like Kirbo did, you can do so through Patreon or Coffee or over social media. You can find me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, on my Facebook or YouTube pages called on a dark cold night, 
or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. Of course, I'd also love if you followed me over any of those. You can also leave me a review and or rating on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. Thanks so much for listening this week. It's been a lovely, foggy, rainy day as I write and record this one. Feels like a day full of longing and yearning and resting. What do you yearn for? Do you think you already have it? It could just be, and I don't want to speak out of turn or anything, that you do already have it. Maybe it's a little bit of calm. Maybe we can try now. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. Out slowly. Once more, in. Hold. Out slowly. Sweet dreams, my friends. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.